This week on Paladin Financial Talk, we're going to talk about federal employee benefits and understanding your FERS pension. This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial. Thank you for joining us on Paladin Financial Talk. And this week, we've got a great show. We're going to talk about one of the federal employee benefits called this FERS pension, F-E-R-S pension. And if you're not a federal employee, this is one that you'll want to tune out from and uh, skip over this week's episode because it has nothing to do with, with you whatsoever. But if you are a federal worker or if you're hearing this and you want to share this with someone that you know that is employed by the federal government, please pass this along. And we're going to move along fairly quickly and talk about just one specific benefit for federal employees. And that's uh, the pension called FERS. Uh, and we'll discuss that. Now, the federal, for federal workers, there are actually two different types of pensions. Uh, one is called SERS, CSRS, or Civil Service Retirement System. The one we're going to focus on today is Federal Employees Retirement System, or FERS. Now, the SERS pension is the older one. And for most people, there's only a couple percent of employees out there that are still covered under the SERS system. Majority of federal workers are covered under the newer pension called FERS. And this is a topic we get into in more detail in our federal employee benefits workshops that we host here in the Twin Cities area. And right now we're actually this evening doing one on through a GoToWebinar. So we're going to do that through a webinar approach as well. So if you have interest in learning more about your federal benefits, uh, give us a call and find out some upcoming dates and times for those federal employee benefit workshops that you can tune in and learn more about that because there, there are a lot of uh, ins and outs of the benefits you have as a federal employee and you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of those important benefits. So I want to draw out a visual for you. If you think about your retirement plan later on down the road, so if you're 20 years old or 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever your age is, as a federal worker, you have potentially three sources or three legs in your retirement income stool. So if you picture sitting down on a stool, there has three legs to that. You have your pension, which is FERS or SERS. Again, we're going to talk about the FERS pension specifically today. The second leg is your assets. So if you're a federal employee, you have your TSP or thrift savings plan that is a portion of those assets. You might also have IRAs or your spouse might have a 401k and you have you know different types of accounts, things that you've saved up over the years. That's your second leg. And the third leg is Social Security. And as a FERS participant, you are eligible for Social Security benefits. And when they switched to the FERS pension years ago, you started chipping into the Social Security bucket, if you will, uh, just like um, non-federal workers. 
Now, a concept to think about as well is if whatever your take-home uh, pay is right now, if you're still working and you think about what you get from the federal government 26 times a year, what's actually going into your pocket, we're going to call that your take-home now. So, for example, if you have $1,000 that you take home every two weeks over 26 pay periods throughout the year, that's $26,000. Well, you, when you retire from the federal government, you're not getting paid 26 times a year. You're now going to get paid once a month. Your pension will pay you on a monthly basis. Social Security will pay you on a monthly basis. You typically might take income out of your assets on a monthly basis and so on. But your take home right now, let's say that $1,000, that comes out to $26,000 a year. If you divide that by 12 months, that gets you to $2,166 is the equivalent income you're getting on a monthly basis today. Well, wouldn't it be a good thing if once you retire, you could still maintain that same level of take home now income. So that's a concept we want to help you out with. And for all of our clients, we help them navigate. How do we get the most out of those three legs of the stool and make sure you have enough income throughout retirement? So let's say you retire and you receive $1,250 a month from your first pension. And if you retire before age 62, you also get what's called the FERS supplement that will, uh, if we have time, we'll get into here a little bit today. Let's say that's $1,125 a month, but again, that ends at age 62. And let's say you also take out $750 out of your investments, whether that's your TSP or IRAs or whatnot. Well, if you add that up, that's going to get you to $3,125 on a monthly basis. Well, what do we need to take away from that? You have taxes, you have health insurance, you have your federal employee group life insurance deductions and so on. And we're using round numbers here, but if you take away those deductions, that's going to get you down to about $2,166 a month, which is that same take home now number that you're receiving while you're still working. So conceptually, that's what we want to craft a plan for you to help you show here's how much your uh, pension leg is going to be in retirement. Here's how much your social security leg is going to account for. And what is that gap that you need to take from your assets? So that's what we want to help you to navigate and, and better understand. Now, some highlights with the first pension, some things to think about to determine and calculate your pension. The first is what's called your minimum retirement age or MRA. And you can Google this and this is in your employee handbook as well. And you might know your MRA, but for most people, that's going to be between 56 and 57 years old. So that's number one. Secondly, your eligibility to retire is a combination of your age and that minimum retirement age or MRA and the number of years that you have as creditable federal service. So there are three ways to qualify for a full pension that we'll talk about. The first is MRA with 30. So that what that means is you've reached your MRA, your minimum retirement age, for example, uh, age 57, and you have 30 years of creditable service. Check both of those boxes, you're good to go, and you can receive your full pension. The second uh, option is you're at least age 60 and you have 20 years of creditable service. The third option is you're at least age 62 and you have five years of creditable service. And those will give you a full unreduced pension as opposed to another option we'll look at, which is called MRA with 10. 
Now, if you qualify for any of these three uh, methods of receiving your pension, another nice thing is you do get to keep your federal employee health benefits in retirement, uh, assuming that you had at least five years of previous FEHB enrollment. So that's uh, something to think about, and that applies to most folks. If you happen to be a law enforcement officer, firefighter, custom border and protection, uh, air traffic controller, you have two different options uh, to qualify for your full pension. And it's easier, takes you less time in general to qualify. The first is you're at least age 50 with 20 years of creditable service or any age and 25 years of service. Now, if you're at least, if you get out to age 57, you have a mandatory retirement, uh, 56 for air traffic controllers, unless you switch to an administrative position. So an easy way to think of that is not carrying a gun to work on a daily basis. So those are some special provisions there. The other thing that that might come your way as you get closer to retirement is you probably have seen in your agency from time to time, they offer what's called an early out. So an early out is basically the government using a carrot instead of a stick to encourage people to retire because they have the reductions in force that are occurring, uh, discontinued service, transfers, and so forth. So if you qualify for that, you have some options in order to receive your full unreduced pension potentially earlier. So two options with this, if you are presented with that FERS early out option, you're at least age 50 with 20 years of service or any age with 25 years of service. And that will, if you look at that, that gives you the same level of qualifications as uh, law enforcement officers, firefighters, and so forth that we talked about. But what happens if you're presented with that early out opportunity, usually you have a short window of time to take advantage of that. So you might have a a big department meeting through Zoom nowadays, and you're presented with this option and you have 30 days or 60 days to put your hat in the ring and say, I wanna take advantage of that provision. So what you don't wanna do is wait until that meeting occurs and then start figuring out your retirement plan because that might not be enough time to pull all of your pieces together and have a competent answer. Can I actually retire at this point? So that's something to think about. Again, some agencies have that more often than others. Um, The other option to qualify for your your pension is what's called MRA and 10 or MRA plus 10. So you're at least minimum retirement age, but you're under the age of 62. And you have to have at least, again, 10 years of creditable service at separation, but you're under that 30-year bar. So for example, let's say you're 58 years old so you're under age 62, and you have 20 years of creditable service. So that's above that 10 minimum. So what would happen is if you take advantage of that, you have your immediate annuity that you receive upon separation, you continue to receive your health and life insurance benefits, but you're going to have a 5% per year permanent reduction in the pension that you would have received had you held out to age 62. So in our example, if you took that at age 58, that's four years short at 5% a piece, that's a 20% permanent reduction in your pension. So it may not make sense to take advantage of that provision. A lot of times that comes into play for health reasons, or you might have to take a, uh, care of a family member in order to, to make life work. So, so there, those are some considerations there. Uh, another um, thing, a factor in calculating your pension 
we talked about the creditable service, so we want to dive in and, and what what's actually included in that. Uh, before we get into the weeds, high level, think about any pay that you've had throughout your federal career that is subject to retirement deductions. So uh, some things to think about here, temporary time where deductions were not taken out of your paychecks. You know, maybe you're working part-time somewhere along the way. Uh, refunded time where you left and came back to federal work. Uh, military time, uh, we'll touch on that here in a moment. Part-time work, you know, workers' compensation. There's a lot of different factors that plug into this, but you want to know what are your years of creditable service. Now, with the military time, I'm not going to spend much time on this because it might not pertain to a lot of our listeners, but if you served in the military after January 1st of 1957 and you have not yet paid your deposit where you can have your the time that you served in the military converted into years of service for your first pension. In most situations, it would make sense for you to do that. You have to pay the deposit. We're not going to get into the mechanics of that on this on today's show, but that's something we can help you with. And that would add towards your, your time. So if you served four years in the military and you had 26 years of FERS employment, federal employment, add those two together if you've paid that deposit and you, you've reached 30 years. Uh, sick leave is another consideration. Sick leave, when you retire, that's going to add to your time served for creditable service calculations, but it's not going to get you out early in terms of meeting those different requirements we talked about. So we want to look at the sick leave. And the other big piece in the factor of calculating your pension is understanding your high three average pay. Now, for most folks, that's the last three years of their work as a federal employee. They've built up and they've made more and more over the years, but that's not always the case. You may be, you know, moved to a, a lower paying position because of, you know, stress or family or whatever it might be. Um, but you want to understand what your high three is. And that's basically your, your three, your highest three average pay over a three year period of time and identifying that. And that's something that you can contact your HR department and find out what that is. So your high three is an important consideration. Um, basic pay is another one. So your basic pay includes locality pay based on where you, you work, hazardous duty, and some administrative uh, types of overtime and things like that. But basic pay does not generally include bonuses or overtime uh, and things like that. Now, with your FERS pension, there are generally two clubs, if you will. The first club is the 1% club. The second is the 1.1%. So the 1% club is you're going to have a 1% factor in your pension calculation, and that's if you qualified under one of four different provisions. You had the MRA with 30 years of service, age 60 with 20 years of service, age 62 with five years of service, or you had that early out provision that we talked about earlier. If you fall under those categories, 1% is the factor that's used in your pension. The 1.1% club applies if you're at least age 62 with 20 years of creditable service. So a quick example of this, let's say you're in that 1% club and you had 30 years of service and your high three pay was $50,000. You take 1% times $50,000 times 30 years, that would get you an annuity or a pension of $15,000 a year, which comes out to $1,250 a month. Now that's before 
any type of deductions that have occurred. So there's a, a chart. If you Google 2080-2080 hours chart, and this is also in your federal employee handbook, you'll see uh, this very hard to read chart that has months and, and years, and that gives you the pension factor that you would plug in once you know your high three. So the 1.1% club, I'll skip over that for time right now, but you get a 10% higher pension calculation in that by reaching that uh, qualification of 62, age 62, and 20 years of service. Uh, I mentioned earlier the first supplement is another thing that um, is a, an opportunity for some folks if you're retiring before age 62. The general idea with this, if we go back to the stool analogy we talked about at the beginning, when the federal government created the FERS pension, one of the gaps that was identified is you can retire earlier than age 62 as a federal employee. and why is that important? Well, social security, you cannot take that, cannot receive that until you get to age 62. So you might retire at age 58, for example, as a federal worker, and you have four years until social security kicks in. So the first supplement was built to fill that gap and you can qualify for that and receive that up until age 62. So there's some eligibility requirements with that, but in short, you would get a portion of the social security benefit you would receive at age 62 if you qualify for that first supplement and you receive that monthly benefit until you reach age 62. Again, we can help you with the calculations and how all of that works. So there's a lot of different factors to consider in determining your first pension. We can help you to calculate that, understand your options and understand how that fits into your overall retirement planning stool that we talked about earlier and make sure that you've got a plan ahead of time on how all this is going to work for you. When can you retire? Where's that income going to come from? How do you get the most out of your different federal employee benefits and social security? How do you minimize taxes and a lot of other great things. Those are all areas that we can help you with. I encourage you to give our office a call. Our phone number is 877-219-3199 and uh, find out when our upcoming federal employee benefits workshops are. Get registered for one of those or where you can also meet with you one-on-one -on -one and provide you with a complimentary second opinion on your retirement plan. And uh, it doesn't cost you anything other than the time that we spend together. So encourage you to give us a call. You can check us out on our website at financialpaladin.com and uh, learn more about us. You can also subscribe to the podcast that you're listening to if you've enjoyed that. And um, encourage you to, again, give us a call. We can help you to understand this important benefit as a federal employee. And thank you very much for your time this week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com.
Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.